Welcome to the Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys. This is a podcast from CBS News, and I am your host. Every week, we discuss issues including gender and income inequality. This time, we're talking about a massive increase in evictions around the nation as filings are at or getting close to pre-pandemic levels in many cities and states. In Maricopa County, Arizona, home to Phoenix, eviction filings last month were the highest in 13 years. The eviction lab at Princeton University reports that eviction filings are up 91% in Minneapolis, St. Paul, and 56% in Las Vegas. Why? We asked Satish Nori, executive director of the nonprofit housing justice advocacy group Just Fix in New York City. That conversation after this short break. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. There's a number of factors that are at play right now, and they're all really troubling for the average tenant. The first one is there are no more eviction bans. So if you're a tenant, basically the pandemic is over for you. There's no more COVID, even though that's not true. So anyone can now be evicted just like they could be before the pandemic. And the second thing is there's no more rent assistance. So during you know the earlier days of the pandemic, the federal government handed out almost $50 billion of rent assistance to all the states. And that money is basically drying up. And so for tenants who still owe rent or who will owe rent in the near future, um, they're on their own. And for many people who lost jobs or got sick um, with COVID or lost family members from COVID, they're really looking at hard times ahead. And then finally, the third factor is that rents are exploding in many markets across the country. Landlords seem to think that they lost out during the pandemic or um, they couldn't raise rents during that period of time. And now they are doubling, tripling, quadrupling people's rents and people have no way to pay it. So they either have to move out or face an eviction in court. So these things are all coming together at the worst time as, you know, families go back to school, as we have new threats like monkeypox. We're not even quite sure if COVID is going to come back in another wave. And so it's a really troubling time. I wonder what are some of the most egregious things you've come across in, say, the last month or so? Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing and hearing about tenants who have not owed any rent, who stuck by their landlords and stayed in their apartments during the pandemic and are now facing a $2,000 rent increase, a $3,000 rent increase. And it's untenable. Who can afford a doubling or tripling of their monthly rent? Most people rent apartments and they budget how much they can spend. And they're pretty much limited to that. And unless you win the lottery, you're not going to be able to pay $2,000 or $3,000 more. 
in New York City, yeah, we're seeing this happen all over the place um, because there's no law that says for many apartments, um, the landlord cannot raise the rent to whatever they want. And landlords are trying to make up, like I said, for lost income or lost revenue during the pandemic by taking it out on, you know, vulnerable people and families. I saw a story about a woman in New Orleans who was two months behind on her rent and decided to leave her apartment rather than risk an eviction judgment on her record. How how serious is such a thing? Does that mean that you can never rent again? Yeah, I mean, there are um, databases in many places, in many states, where uh, landlords can research whether a tenant has ever been in court uh, for owing rent or for any other reason. And many landlords buy this data from these data companies, and they use it to blacklist tenants, to restrict tenants or to pick and choose which tenants are worthy and which aren't, who aren't. And that's really troubling. And that example also brings to mind the issue that many people are going to self-evict. They're going to leave before they get into court, or they're not even going to show up and, and fight the cases, or they're going to leave because the landlord isn't making repairs, uh, again, to save costs and to increase their profits. And they're going to self-evict. And these self-evictions aren't going to show up on the official eviction data reports. And so it's kind of like a shadow um, consequence of the current situation. Many people are just walking away from their homes and they end up living in worse places or homeless or on the street or doubled up with family members. And it's, it's really tragic. I know that your organization has a tool called the Worst Evictors List. Tell me what that is and a couple of the people that are on it and what they've done to get there. Sure. Um, So one of the things about housing in New York and in many places is that it's a business. And most of the housing in New York City is run by corporations. Um, Unfortunately, though, there is this story told that many landlords are mom and pops And they struggled through the pandemic, just like all of us did. But in reality, these mom and pop landlords view tenants as just items on a spreadsheet. Um, They don't care about them. And they don't care whether they got COVID or they lost their jobs or they got really sick. Um, And they're going to try to push tenants out. They're going to try to raise rent to as much as they can possibly charge. And so what JustFix tries to do is make this data transparent. And we try to draw links between landlords based on publicly available websites in New York City. And we can give you a picture of who your landlord really is. Is it a little old lady in in Brooklyn? Or is it a massive corporation who runs hundreds and hundreds of apartments and who is connected to other corporations and other entities who do the same? And by providing this transparency, we try to give tenants some power. Um, We try to level the playing field. And so our worst evictors list basically shows um, who some of these actors are and how big and how powerful they really are. Something that I say often to people is real estate in New York is so powerful that even a mediocre landlord in New York City from Queens became the president of the United States. 
And he's just a small time landlord, Donald Trump, I'm talking about. Um, so we are up against a huge industry with a lot of power. And one of the things that Just Fix tries to do is to level that playing field with information that should be free and easily accessible. But it's really hard to search if you're just an ordinary person. Let me ask you a question, because, as you said, some of the landlords are raising rents because, you know, like they didn't get a lot of money during the pandemic. So surely there are some good landlords out there that you've run across that are just in dire straits, just as their tenants are. Yeah. But um, one thing that I would say is that there was plenty of relief available for landlords, too. And if you think about the federal rent assistance, um, where did that money end up? It ended up in the hands of landlords. The tenants weren't allowed to keep that money. They never even touched that money in most cases. The money went directly to make up for the rent that the landlords didn't get. In addition, there were various programs to forgive mortgages and to give landlords more time to pay the debts that they accrued during the pandemic. So it's not necessarily fair to say that landlords lost out, even though that's the narrative that they put out there. And, you know, are there landlords who suffered? Yes, of course. But the real question is, what's the percentage of landlords overall who suffered? And we've seen at Just Fix examples of landlords who used this assistance money to buy more buildings. So, in fact, many landlords grew in size and scale during the pandemic. They added to their portfolios. They didn't suffer in the way that most tenants and most of us did. So what are some of the things that tenants can do to, if they find themselves in, in this horrible, dire situation? Yes. One thing is if you live in a place where there are programs available, rent assistance or right to counsel, which is a way to get a free lawyer if you're facing eviction, you should try to fight out the case and show up in court. Don't give up and try to raise defenses that might be available to you. Apply for rent assistance programs that might allow you to stay in your home. The worst thing that you can do is to throw up your hands and say it's hopeless and I'm just going to walk away from my home. Um, because there are tools, there are options for people. Um, the next thing is I would say get together with your neighbors and find, you know, maybe a community organizer. Um, talk to your local elected official and say, we got to change some of these laws that allow a landlord to raise the rent to any amount that they want. Um, we've got to build, you know, band together to target predatory landlords who are really preying on the most vulnerable tenants and try to get some power back. Um, and then finally, use tools like Just Fix, um, where you can really get a sense of the landscape and where you stand and figure out what your legal options are, um, learn how to fight against your landlord, and learn what your basic rights are. Satish, are most of the people that are in this situation, is it mostly black and brown people, or is it pretty much everyone at this point? Um, well, traditionally, it's been black and brown people who have suffered the most um, from the eviction process and from inequities in housing. And the same is true, unfortunately, during COVID. It was black and brown people who got COVID more often, who died, um, were more likely to get um, sick and die from COVID. And we also found that um, people who lived in substandard housing um, were also more likely to get sick and die of COVID. 
So it is the most vulnerable communities who are suffering the most. And that's pretty common, unfortunately. But these days, you know, we're hearing stories about middle class tenants, young professionals who are facing these, you know, double digit rent increases. And that really affects all of us. Um, what are our cities going to look like if it's just investors and speculators who um, control all of the housing? And it's not neighbors, family members, community members, friends. You know, we, we lose we lose our communities. We lose our sense of um, togetherness if uh, all of us can be subject to this type of housing market. Let me just ask you one more thing. I know you have been in this battle for a long time. Does this feel different, the situation that we're in now, than it has over the last several decades? I know you've been, you know, you were with Legal Aid for a while and you're a tenant attorney as well. Yes. In a weird way, the situation is worse now for many tenants because there is this false perception that tenants got a huge gift during the pandemic in the form of eviction bans and in the form of rent assistance. But what really happened is people were just held in place. None of the problems that existed before the pandemic were actually solved. And in fact, as I just said, many people who are already vulnerable also got COVID, also lost their jobs, also had family members die or get sick from COVID. And so um, this perception that people are better off, that tenants are better off now, and the pendulum has to swing the other way to help landlords, I think is very dangerous. And we're seeing that as the courts open up, as eviction bans are allowed to expire, as rent assistance dries up, and as this crisis of housing conditions starts to percolate, and more and more landlords are going to start cutting corners um, and either try to push tenants out or harass them or allow them to self-evict because they just can't live in those types of conditions. No heat, no hot water, mold, and so on. So how do you fix this? I know that some places, I think Philadelphia is one of them, is thinking of something called eviction diversion. Is that a way to fix this, or does it mean to need to be a much larger solution? Yeah, I mean, eviction diversion programs are doing a lot, and so are right-to-counsel programs like the one that exists in New York City, where tenants who face eviction are given free lawyers. These programs go a long way, but there are two things that they don't address. One is that rents are always going to keep going up unless we stop them, and incomes aren't going up at the same rate. So it's just going to become harder and harder and harder for the average person to afford to live where they're living right now or to even move to uh, an equal or better place. And second, unless we address housing as a human right and recognize that housing conditions are part of that human right, landlords are going to be allowed to cut corners and people are going to be paying more and getting less. And that's going to affect their health. That's going to affect their, you know, the education that their kids are able to receive if they're missing school because they have asthma. Um, it's going to affect the way that elderly people are allowed to kind of live out their lives um, and what types of housing they're going to be in. It's going to affect all of us. So these are really, really big problems. And some of these solutions are effective, but we need to go a lot further in making sure that there is housing available, that it's affordable, and that it's of good quality and in good condition. 
That's Satish Nori, Executive Director of Just Fix, which uses technology for housing justice. Thanks so much for joining us. Also, thanks to Alan Peng for his production assistance. Like what you hear? Come on back for more. There will be new episodes of Kaleidoscope with Allison Keys every Friday. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast and leave a rating or review. Thanks for listening. I'm Allison Keys, CBS News. Catch every episode of 60 Minutes, America's most watched news magazine show, as a podcast. Hear in depth investigations across politics, news, and entertainment on your schedule. Listen to 60 Minutes ad free on Wondery Plus.